The title of the message is this. We've never been this way before. And as we go on, you're going to see how um, the word of the year coincides with this. So I want us to bow our heads and pray. We're going to just ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us. Jesus, we thank you for today. Holy Spirit, we say that you're worthy of praise. God, this is all about you. It's not about Kingdom Church, our name. It's not about me. It's not about any of our pastors here, leaders. It's not about anyone sitting in the seats. Jesus, this is for you. This is so that we can become more like you and so that we can, as we live our lives more like you, other people can see and be drawn to you, Jesus. God, we are the hands and feet. We're the people that prove or or even disprove that you're real. And Father, we want to be a people that represent you so well that it is undeniable to the people around us that you are real and that you're alive and you're continuing to change hearts, continuing to change minds. We say that we need you this morning. God, you see this word that you're speaking to us, Holy Spirit. I pray that um, it would resonate with our hearts and that we would hear you so clearly. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So at the beginning of every year, we ask the Lord to give us insights about what's to come in the, in, in the year. Uh, I know this is new to a lot of people. Like, what do you mean? Like, God wants to tell us about, you know, the year? Is that even biblical? Um, I think it is. I'm going to read a few verses to you. Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says this. For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. God doesn't say anything or do anything in the earth, in a nation, and you, we, we have read this in the Old Testament. He doesn't say or do anything unless he communicates to the prophets. Look at this example in Acts chapter 11. This is a New Testament, um, New Testament passage. It says this, Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So real quickly, this prophet stands up and then uh, he, he prophesies what's to happen. And then it says in this parenthesis, this took place. Acts was written years after this story. So the, the guy who is writing it says, yeah, hey, it actually, he prophesied in this year. And then a few years later, it did happen. And I'm writing about to confirm it. So that's why it's in parentheses, because this guy saw it happen. He says, this took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul, who would later become Paul. So we see that there's a prophet named Agabus by the spirit of the Lord stands up and prophesies of a famine that's to come. Do you know why he stood up and prophesied? So that the church in Antioch could send relief to the, to the believers in Judea before the famine came along. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you would like the Lord to show you a difficult season um, coming before it comes along? This is, what he's, this is exactly what happened. And this prophet Agabus did this by the Spirit of God. This is, one of the, this is why I believe the Lord gives us words of the year, because he wants us to prepare us for things that are to come. Um, again, he did this by the Spirit of the Lord. There's no way he could have done this unless the Lord showed him. There's no way, because only God knows the future. This idea of being led by the Spirit is found throughout the Bible. Romans 8.14, one of my favorite verses, says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God 
are sons of God. Which means if you believe and know that you're God's child, then you will be led by the Spirit. Meaning, if you're not led by the Spirit, if you're not sensitive to the Spirit, are you his children? How important then is it, how important is it then that we hear his Spirit and are led by his Spirit? Very important, right? Look at this verse, Galatians 5.25. This is a very interesting verse. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I didn't understand this verse for many years that I read it until maybe the last couple years. This is what the verse means. If we live by the Spirit, and the verses prior to this, just a little context, talk about the fruits of the Spirit and then the fruits of the flesh. If you, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, but the fruits of the flesh are envy, drunkenness, idolatry, sorcery, these types. You can go back and read it. He says, if we live in this new reality of the Spirit and not like the flesh, not like the old person, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. What does that mean? I believe it means this, that if we truly are sons and daughters of God and we live in this new reality, let us be attentive and paying attention to how the Holy Spirit is moving each and every day. Let us hear his voice clearly every day and follow him as he is leading. I believe Paul is saying this, hey, let's not just hear God's voice at the beginning of the year for the year, not just at the beginning of the week. But every single day, God, what are you wanting to say today? Is there something you're wanting me to say and, or do at my work or with my kids or with my spouse? Is there something that you're wanting to do? Because I want to keep step in step with you today. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is being led by the Spirit. And this is actually our vision. When the Lord uh, spoke to me about what this church was supposed to look like, the Lord said, you are to do what Jesus did. Jesus didn't say or do anything unless he saw the Father do it or he heard the Father say it. We are to follow Jesus the same way. We are to know him, hear his voice, and then follow his lead. Not our lead. This is the, uh, the one of the prayers. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Not what I want. We're going to hear his voice and follow him. Amen. God wants to speak to us about our future. I remember when I was younger, I, um, the Lord, I, I believe the Lord spoke to my heart that I was going to one day be a senior pastor. But I was like in high school or coming out of high school and, and I wanted to do it. But the truth was my parents were pastors and I didn't see my dad retiring anytime soon. And I didn't call, I, I didn't feel led to go to another city or another state, another town or whatever. And so I was like, well, I feel like you're telling me this, but man, I don't see this happening until um, whenever my dad retires. And I saw him retiring like at 80 years old or something. So I'm going to be 60. I was like, okay, I guess it's going to happen then. I didn't understand how that was going to happen, but I had a choice. I was either going to listen to the Holy Spirit that was confirming this with my heart, or I was going to despise it and say, God, that's too far-fetched. I'm going to go do something else. So the Lord wants to speak to us about things that are coming, but we have to partner with it in faith. So the, I believe the Lord has given us a word of the year. Before we do that, I want to review our words of the year real quickly. We started the church in August of 2018, and then at the beginning of 2019, the Lord gave, us, gave me the word identity. I was like, identity? Okay. Well, in October of that year, the Lord, he just, he very clearly said, Josh, Kingdom Church is not called just to do anything. 
a lot of times pastors and leaders will, and churches will look at the church across the town or a church in another, in another city or another state and like, I want to do that, I want to do that. They're, that's succeeding for them, so I want to bring that to our congregation. And the Lord said, nope. He said, I have a specific vision for you. Your responsibility is to hear my voice about what I'm calling you to and then to follow me in doing it. You have a unique identity. And so he spoke identity to us. The next year in 2020, the word that God gave us was build. He said, you're going to build where you think nothing can be built, and you're going to plant things where you think nothing can grow, like a desert. What happened in March of 2020? COVID. COVID. Do you know COVID shut down the world? Not just down the world, it shut down churches. Actually, it shut the doors of some churches permanently. I know of two churches that it shut down permanently. In that year, churches laid off people, cut pay, um, all the, uh, me- member, uh, the attendance went down. Do you know, and this is the truth, God's, God's my witness, you can even, God's my witness. In March of 2020, we started growing. We had more people start coming. Once everybody came back, more people started coming. Our giving went up in March of 2020. Not only did we cut pay or, or have to uh, let people go, we gave raises and hired more people, and we grew more. We grew, I'm telling you, that is not normal. You can talk, I, I talked to, amen. I spoke to a pastor just a couple weeks ago, and he said, we're still, we're still not at our full numbers like we were pre-COVID. And I thought, oh, we're past that, like we're growing. Obviously, look, we're growing. So God gave us a word, and I love this. I, I will always say this, and I never get tired of it. We gave away $100,000 that year. Gave away, I mean, that it might as well have been a million dollars because nobody was giving away money like that that year. You were trying to survive. So when God gives a word, we have a, a responsibility. We're going to either receive it by faith or we're going to say that's not possible. It's faith. Then this last year, in 2021, the word that the Lord gave us was purity. And this is how it came to me. I believe the Lord said, I am going to spend this season purifying my church so that we can go into the promised land. And um, I really believed that, w- that last year was part of the promised land. But actually, actually now that I think about it, it was part of the process of going into the promised land. Um, so some of the promises we didn't see. Uh, one of the things the Lord showed me uh, as he told me about the word this year in 2022 was, he said, Josh, purity... When I purify a person or whatever, he says, I, I don't give that person um, an option for what they, can't, what they can keep in their life. Does that make sense? When he is purifying us, we don't have a choice about what stays or, or goes out of our life. He has that choice. And that made me think of some of the people we prayed for. We lost a lot of people at our church last year. Um, Charlie, Sandra, um, a few others, people that went to church here. And as I was thinking, he, I felt like the Lord said, Josh, you prayed and fasted for all these people. And, and I, we, we lost all of them, right? I was like, man, none of the people we prayed for like, got healed. And I felt like the Lord said it's because you didn't have a choice. He said this was the year of taking things and people out. And they're in a better place. They're in a much, I'd rather, actually, I'd rather switch places with them. Um, they're in a much better place. But we didn't have a choice. Because this was the year of purity. And that's why it was a hard year for a lot of people. It was a lot of shifting and moving things around because it was a year of purity. So last year, and like, I think it was like the last week or second to last week of December, this word came in my mind for 2022. But honestly, it wasn't a super strong word. And I was like, okay, God, I need a little bit more confirmation than that. 
And so we started the fast, and even the first couple weeks of the fast, I didn't sense anything, and I thought, okay, Lord, we're about to go into, we're about to finish the fast, and we need, an, we need the direction. And even Monday night, uh, somebody came up to me and said, hey, um, do you have the word of the year? We're really excited. And I'm like, yeah, I'm excited too, but I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I have an idea, so, but I don't know. And so I'm like, I left that conversation thinking, Lord, I really would, I really need you to like speak. And so um, the next morning I get up and I go into my quiet time and the Lord just begins dealing with me about some things in my life, things that I needed to adjust, some lies that I had been believing. And during that whole process, I, that word that came into my mind in December really took, heart, took root in my heart. And I thought, okay, I think this is the word. All right, yeah, I, this is, I, I believe this is the word. And so I finished my prayer time and I opened up my, my Bible and I remember... I remember saying, okay, God, let's see what you say, because I had just felt this word. The word that was in my heart was this word, warfare. And you can tell how I was like, okay, I, gotta, I don't want to just say warfare, and it's not really warfare. And I opened up my Bible, and the second chapter I read, I read this, 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Did you know, in my translation, that ver- word is only in the Bible four times? I read one of the verses. And the Lord said, I know you felt it in your heart. Let me confirm it right now. Warfare. Um, the next day, the verse, if y'all read a uh, version, the verse of the day, the next day was this, 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of the faith. And I didn't get to read verse 19 of, of 1 Timothy 1, but it talks about holding on to the faith. We war to hold on to our faith and to not let it go. And then it goes on to say, um, because some people have let go of their faith and shipwrecked their faith. And so um, the Lord confirmed this word in, in my heart uh, through the word. A couple, um, a, while, a couple years ago, I went through a situation where I felt the Lord was leading me to do something. And I was sure there were things that were happening that were real spontaneous, things that were like, okay, that's out of the ordinary. Okay, God, I think you're telling me. And four or five things happened that way, just like, okay, that's not a coincidence. I think this is the Lord. But as time went on, I got more confused and frustrated, and then I just kind of gave up on it. And honestly, I was really mad at the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm, we're here to hear your voice. I felt like I was hearing your voice in this situation, and it's like, God, I just... I was like, I'm mad because you know my heart. I was sincere. I was praying. I, I was like, God, whatever you want, not what I want. And I was mad. And then one day the Lord said, Josh, I know that you were sincere. I know you really tried to hear my voice in the situation, but there's one thing you forgot to do. You did get confirmation of my word. The word of God, church, is much more important than you think. Whenever I was praying about this word that morning, if I had not got that confirmation that morning, if I got it the next morning or the morning before, I would have missed over that word. But he confirmed it that morning, and then I read it in his word. Do you know you could put your name in the front of your Bible? This is a letter to you. And God can supernaturally speak to your specific situation without having your name in the Bible. He can speak to your situation. But you have to have a relationship with the word, not treat it like, oh, I'll just read it when I get around to it. He is the word. So when you neglect reading the Bible, you're actually neglecting him. 
And so God um, confirmed it. And then after I read that verse of the day, I got an email from Jimmy Evans. Jimmy Evans is the man who uh, puts, putting together, who started the marriage ministry, Exo Marriage, that we're going to be having the simulcast within a few weeks. He also does a podcast called The Tipping Point that deals with end-time prophecies. Fascinating podcast. I really encourage you to subscribe. You're going to hear some really, really wild things. Um, he had a man on the show named Chuck Pierce. Chuck Pierce is a prophet. Chuck Pierce would go to Jimmy Evans' church when he was a pastor, prophesy things, and not just good things, hard things, rough things, and he said they would happen every single year just the way he prophesied. Exactly. He said the first year he came, he prophesied something really tough, and he thought, what's this guy? I don't want this guy back. He said it, his, their year at the church happened exactly the way that he said, and every year after that. Um, Chuck Pierce, I didn't say this last service, but he actually came to Odessa in 2018, right after we started the church. And he talked about the kingdom of, in that one service, or he came, he was at two services, but this one service he talked about the kingdom of God coming to Odessa, and he read from the chapter that God gave me, and he had never been before. So he's also confirmed kingdom church in Odessa. He was talking about the word of the year, and when I read the email, it says this, 2022, an era for war. So there was another confirmation. This is a year, church, of warfare. So we are either going to get serious and fight, or we're not going to take the land that God wants for us. Now, I know this can be an intimidating, even discouraging word, but let me tell you, it is a very encouraging word. Why? Because Jesus is inviting us to partner with him to take land. What happens when two nations come together and one nation defeats the other? What is the, what is the winner's um, um, reward? Land and spoil. And here's the deal. When God fights a battle, he never loses. He never loses. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it talks about how there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to to, 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 uh, to harvest, a time to, you know, there's a lot, have you, how many of you are familiar with that? I think there's even a song about that, right? Okay, there's a time for everything. It also says there's a time for war and a time for peace. How many of y'all have ever prayed for something and you're like, God, how come you're not answering me? How come this is not happening? I've been praying and praying. Okay, it may be several things. Maybe you're not asking in faith. Maybe you're being disobedient. And God's like, I cannot trust you with that until you get this right. But let's say you have all those things, like, to the best of your ability, you, you, you are, like, serving the Lord and trying to do the right thing, and you still don't, you're not seeing these promises fulfilled or getting these prayer requests answered. I believe it could be because it's not your season. Last year, we prayed for all these people to be healed, and God said, it's not the season for that. I'm taking them home. And so God is, I believe, calling us into a season of warfare so that we can see some of the promises he has made to us be fulfilled. Um, but the thing is, we have to fight. Exodus 14, 13 says this, And Moses said to the people, Fear not. And he's telling the people of Israel who are coming out of Egypt, and he's, gonna, he's about to take them through the Red Sea into the Promised Land. He's telling them this, they see the army coming. Pharaoh changes his mind, gathers all his army, and is driving towards the, uh, the Israelites to take them back into slavery. He says this, Fear not, Israel. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. 
The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Keep that verse up, please. When we go into battle with the Lord, who does the fighting? But we still have a responsibility. Are we going to fight the way that he wants? Okay, that's the key. Are we going to surrender our will to his will and say, all right, God, this is how I want this year to happen. This is how I want my life to unfold. This is how I want my business to unfold. This is how I want all these things to unfold. But I'm going to come under your leadership, under your authority, so that when I go into these battles, I know that you'll fight for me. There is a certain way to fight. We're going to actually, I forgot to mention this. We're going to start a series next week on spiritual warfare because we need to know our part in this battle. God's going to do the fighting for us. But what's going to happen is the Egyptians and these armies and the enemy is going to try to come against us and cause things to rise up and scare us from trusting the Lord. We have a decision to make. Are we going to be like the Israelites that when they first came up to the promised land, they saw the giants and said, no, no, God, I know you. This is crazy to me. I know you part of the Red Sea. I know you fed us in the wilderness with food and with, with water, but you can't destroy these giants. Are we going to be like them and be intimidated so that we don't inherit the land? Or are we going to partner with the Lord and say, Lord, I, this is the biggest test I've ever seen, I've ever faced, but I know you're with me because you were with me in the past. We have to fight his way, not the way that we want. He's inviting us into the promised land, into these fulfilled promises, but we have to fight. Now, the title of the message is, we've never been this way before. How many of y'all have taken, uh, taken a road trip somewhere, and it was a, a, new, a new place, and maybe you mapped it out on your phone, or before your phone, before y'all, some of y'all that are older enough, uh, you had like maps, my parent, my dad used to have this huge map, this, and I loved it, man, I love that map. But I remember he would use, he would uh, um, use a pencil or pen and kind of mark the way, right? Anybody ever do that? That was, that was so much fun. I wish we still did that. Um, how many of y'all have taken these trips, never been to a certain place before, and you're driving and you're like, are we going the right way? Like, okay, I know they said around that picket fence, around by that cow, there's going to be a weird-looking cow. Take a left. And we can say that because we live in West Texas, right? How many of y'all on those, all those lease roads get lost out there, right? So, yeah, that's familiar to a lot of us. How many of y'all have ever thought, maybe I should turn around? Here's the deal. The places that God is leading us into are brand-new territory. We've never been this way before. And so he's going to ask us to do things, to let go of some people, let go of some things, let go of some ideas, um, because we haven't been this way. And what's the, the temptation is going to be before we actually see the destination or we receive it in our hands, we're going to be like, God, this is too weird. This is too crazy. Are you really asking me to do this? Because I don't see how this is going to equal this promise being fulfilled. A couple of weeks ago, the Lord asked me to do something <clears throat> really big, which I'll hope to share a little bit later on. And I was sharing what the Lord told me to some extended family, and they looked at me and said, no, no, Josh, that's, no, 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 you're, I don't think you're supposed to do that, no. And I kind of talked with them a little bit, and I said, no, I really feel like the Lord is asking me to do this really crazy thing. Um, and then I, uh, I thought, I don't know if I said this to them, but I thought, we've never been this way before. We've never been this way before, so we're going to have to do some things that we've never done before. And it reminded me of Peter getting out of the boat. 
How many of you remember when Jesus asked Peter to get out of the boat and walk on water? Y'all remember that story? It was a miracle. He walked on water. I was thinking about that story, and I thought, you know what? I don't think there's anything Jesus could have told Peter to convince him that it made sense to walk out of the, water, walk out of the boat and onto the water. There's nothing he could have said except for that he heard the word of the Lord. He heard the Holy Spirit speak to him. Okay, I'm talking about us now. Hearing the Holy Spirit speak to us, this is the way to walk, do it. There's, there's nothing he could have said to make Peter believe that it was physically possible. Let me tell you, the Lord is going to ask you to do some things this year that do not make any sense. And you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to lean on previous wisdom, what, how I was raised, how I view church, how I view my relationship with God, how I view the world? Am I going to lean on all these things or am I going to let it go and trust that the Lord is speaking to me and get out of the boat and walk on water? Listen, listen, we've never been this way before. So we're going to have to do something, say some things that we've never said and done before. I was thinking about this year inheriting the promise, the promised land, some of these promises. And I thought, there are some people that are going to want to keep us out of the promised land. And just real, real quickly, there's three of them. The first person that will keep you out of the promised land are giants. And this is what kept the first generation of Israel out of the promised land. They did not believe that God could conquer these giants. They were scared. They were intimidated. And they thought, no, we will settle going back to Egypt and being slaves. Think about that. Think about that. There are some of us who are going to face some giants this year and think, I don't want to fight this fight. I'm I'm content being in bondage to this thing. This is a real thing. This is real. This is it. Here's something you need to know about a prophetic word. So this is what I'm giving today, a prophetic word. The Lord spoke to us about this year being a year of warfare. A prophetic word is not something that will absolutely happen. It is an invitation to partner with the Lord. That's why somebody... Many of us may have gotten a word from the Lord before, and like we haven't, I haven't seen it happen. You have to ask yourself, did I partner with the Lord to see it happen? Because it's invitation, it's not a certainty. You have to say, yes, Lord, I receive it. I'm going to, I believe you're calling me into the ministry. I believe it's going to happen one day, and instead of rejecting it, I'm going to prepare myself right now for it. And that's what I did. I could have even said, no, Lord, I don't see this ever happening, or at least the timing that I want, so I'm going to go do something else. I'll make money or go into this other nonprofit. We can either reject it or we can receive it and say, God, I don't know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen, so I'm going to prepare myself right now for it. So these giants can keep us out. The second people that will keep us out are the people around us. Now, this is about to step on some toes. There are some people in your life right now that have their own promised land waiting for them. But because they're scared of the giants or they don't trust the Lord, they will try to keep you out of the promised land. I'm going to say this. I believe that there are some people in this congregation who are not willing to enter into the promised land. And I believe that they won't be here very long. Because they will keep us from going into the promised land. They're not willing to fight the way that God is asking us to fight. They're not willing to give, serve, 
love, attend, whatever, because the way that God is asking us to serve. If you remember, I read a couple weeks ago about Achan. He was a man that, one man disobeyed the Lord in, in the first city they were supposed to give everything from Jericho to the Lord, everything. Everyone did it except for one man. That one man kept them from getting victory in the next city. I believe the Lord is calling us up, but we have to make a decision. Forget about just Kingdom Church. In your personal life, there are some people that are two that you are walking with side by side, arm in arm, and they're unwilling to take their promised land. You have to make a decision. Am I going to continue walking with them? Because they could cause you to not inherit your promise. The third person that will keep us out is you. Are you willing to submit to the Lord? You know, Joshua, before he went into Jericho, he saw the angel of the Lord. It was at night, and he walked up, and he saw a man with a, I don't know if he had a sword, I forgot, a sword or a spear. And, he, and then Joshua said, are you for us, or are you for our enemy? He said, neither. I'm here on behalf of the Lord. He said, either you come under my leadership, or you will have no authority. So you have to make a decision. Am I going to submit to the authority that God has placed in my life? Leaders, pastors, mentors, whatever, am I going to submit to the authority of my life and enter in with the Lord's blessing, or am I going to try to enter in myself? Let me tell you, you want to enter in yourself. You may get a version of the promise and convince yourself that this is the Lord's blessing. And God is merciful. The one thing about the Lord is he's merciful. I had a conversation with the other day, and they're like, well, you know, I, I, I love the Lord, but I don't do all these things. And I said, you are confusing God's blessing with his mercy. God's mercy is so good that you can confuse it as a blessing, but his blessings are so much greater than you can imagine. So we have a decision. Are we going to surrender to the Lord? I'm going to share one more thing and then I'm done. So when I was trying to listen for the word of the year, I was kind of getting nervous, and I said that earlier, and I was just kept waiting, and honestly, I didn't think a lot about it, but as time went on, I was like, Lord, is this really you? And finally, I had to just resolve in myself Lord, at the right moment, you're going to show me. As soon as I did that, the next day, God gave me the word. For some of us, part of fighting is waiting on the Lord and not letting people around you or situations around you cause you to react to them. We don't react to this world. We only react to the Father's voice. So whenever an argument rises up or a situation rises up at work or with family or whatever, you don't react to them. You say, let me take a step back. Holy Spirit, how do you want me to respond to them? I don't want to alarm anybody, but I'm preparing you. Some of you are going to face a big battle this week or next week, very soon. And you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to react to what's happening in front of me or am I going to listen for the Lord's voice? I promise you, if you will listen for the Lord's voice, he will fight for you and you'll win.